You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, I am back, and uh, it feels good to be back I have had one hell of a September so far. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I lost my stepmom in uh, her battle to cancer. Um, my computer took a huge dump, and uh, I had to go get it worked on not only once, but then again. And then uh, I hurt my back really bad, and I've uh, been on some serious painkillers uh, towards the end of last week, and have just not been able to do the podcast, uh, not only from you know a physical standpoint, but from uh, you know a, I guess logistics as well with my computer being out. And I am super pumped to be back and. All the computers are working. My time is back in alignment, and uh, the uh, the brain is turning. The wheels are chugging, and uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to be back, and I'm excited to start uh, throwing out um, as many podcasts as I can do in the uh, in the next uh, uh, in the next the rest of this month. So look for an odd schedule. I might be doing back-to-back-to-back podcast. As soon as I can start uh, rescheduling the ones that I've missed, I'm going to interview them, I'm going to get them out, and I'm going to get them to you guys. So uh, there might be a day where you're getting, or a week where you're getting four podcasts. So uh, look for lots of podcasts coming towards the uh, end of September, and then uh, probably resuming to our normal uh, our normal podcast uh, schedule come October, November, but I'm not making any promises because that, my friends, is when hunting season uh, comes out. So I am a hunter first and a podcast provider second. I hope you can understand that. But uh, like I said, I'm jacked to be back. It is Monday, and uh, we all know Mondays suck ass. But today we got a really cool. Uh, a really cool podcast and the reason it's kind of cool is because we're going to be interviewing a guy who is going to be providing us with a product review but this guy lives in New York City like a couple blocks away from the uh, the stadium uh, Yankee Stadium 
and uh, so it's kind it, it's kind of odd to see you know to have a conversation with a guy who who has to drive I don't know an hour and a half two hours just to get to a, a piece of property to hunt when I can probably drive ten minutes. Um, so we're going to be talking with a guy's name's Leo. He's from uh, New York City, and uh, he hunt he just got back actually from an elk hunt in. Uh, Idaho. He's got some property in Iowa. He uh, sometimes hunts in New York and he also hunts in uh, Ohio. So uh, he's going to talk a little bit about all those things. But remember, this is a podcast, uh, a product review podcast, and we're going to be talking about three products, two hunting blinds, uh, the Sportsman's Bow Condo and the Hay Bale Blind from Redneck Blinds. And then we're going to kind of shift and talk about Huntera Maps, uh, some uh, maps he's uh, purchased from Huntera. So uh, he's going to give us the good, bad, and the ugly on all these, uh, on all these products. And uh, hopefully, like all these, uh, kind of get you information on whether or not uh, these products sound interesting to you or if it's a pass or if it's you know hey I want to purchase this or it's a hell no I don't want to purchase this at all but hey really really appreciate uh, you guys taking time out of your day to download this podcast and give it a listen like I said I'm back in action so uh, look forward to several podcasts uh, over the next uh, two three weeks or uh, you know as as many days as there are in September. And uh, what else? What else? Um, I, I don't have a commercial for us today. But what, what I will say is, you guys, if you're looking for a high-quality trail camera, you need to go to exodusoutdoorgear.com. You don't have to take my word for it. You know, uh, you need to go to their website. You need to research their product. You need to read into it. And, uh you know, they're a direct-to-consumer product. They offer a five-year warranty, which is unheard of in the trail camera game. And uh, it's a badass trail camera. Go check it out at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Um, the cool thing about that is if you purchase, decide to make a purchase, you can use the code nine fingers when you check out. Uh, it's the number nine followed by the word fingers no spaces and you will receive $20 off of your purchase. So, uh, that's, you know, that saves you 20 bucks. So do that. (sighs) It's good to be back sitting in my little cramped corner of my, uh, little storage room in the house. And, uh, let's get into today's product review podcast with Leo from New York city. All right. On the phone with me now is Leo Lospoto. Did I say that right? You did. You got it. All right. And you're all the way from New York City. Is that right? Yep. That's it. All right. That's so, Stadium. <laughs> so you, are, you, are you a Yankees fan then? Yeah, big time. I can walk to the stadium from where I live. Oh, nice. Nice. Man, I tell you, that's, that night, nice. that's, that's <laughs> night and day. Uh, away from where you were at this last week. Oh, you couldn't compare the two. <laughs> so <laughs> you, uh, you, you told me before we started recording that you were out on um, an Idaho elk trip with your dad this uh, past week. Why don't you, uh, before we start uh, getting into this uh, product review podcast, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what you uh, were doing out in Idaho? Yeah, so I was on um, a... Uh, a horseback elk hunt with uh with my dad in um, the Caribou National Forest, 
Um, and we were, we went with an outfitter and, uh, he, he, uh, packed us in about five miles from the trailhead on horseback. And, uh, we spent the whole week chasing, uh, elk through the mount through the mountains out there and ended up getting lucky and taking a cow. And, um, I'm surprised how much, you know, it's just amazing when they're actually on the ground, even though with the cow, how, how big they are compared to deer that we're normally used to hunting, you know? Right. And, um, and, uh, we were able to fill the freezer and, uh, my dad had a good opportunity at a six by six bull that he missed. Um, but other than that, uh, I mean, I can't wait to go back. We're actually going to go back again next year with the same outfitter. Perfect. Perfect. So what kind of elevation were you guys at? Um, we were at, uh, 7,000, 7,500 was, was maximum at where we were. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it, I mean, it's, it's noticeably different from, from sea level, but wasn't as bad as, as some other states, you know? Right. Right. So what were the, uh, what were the elk doing while you, uh, while you were out there? Was it their, was it their rut? Was it their pre-rut? What kind what was going on with the bulls? Yeah, so they um they really were they, they they really weren't supposed to be running, um, but but uh we got we got lucky and um and we were into them calling just about every every day. We actually set it up as a as a tree stand hunt, which was what uh what I was trying to do for my dad so that he would be able to get some some more opportunities at at elk at you know without having to do all the hiking, but um. If for some reason we got we got some nice cold weather and they were talking some mornings until 11 o'clock and then they would pick back up at 3 30 4 o'clock in the afternoon and sit until dark so we you know i heard more elk bugling in in a week than i and then i heard in the past two trips i did out west combined right right so did you see a lot of bulls uh come to that wallow uh, where you guys were at or uh yeah we did we had some trail cameras so the, the, the outfit had some trail camera pictures out there um some real nice 320-plus, 6x6 bulls on camera. Um, we saw, uh, oof, I think I saw a total, i say six or seven different bulls during the course of the trip. One really, really just just a monster bull last day of the trip. Uh, while I was grouse hunting, of course, I didn't have, a, didn't have my tag. We were just walking up and down the camp trying to kill a couple grouse for dinner. And, um, and saw a giant, giant bull and... Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we saw bulls just about every day. Right. So, how long of a drive is it from New York City, where you live, to uh, to your camp at Idaho? Uh, thirty-two, just about thirty-two hours. <laughs> Man, and I thought, and I thought my twenty, I think it was twenty-three or twenty-four hour trip from Iowa was bad. So you add on another ten, twelve hours. So did, did yeah. you guys stop? Do you guys stop halfway and spend the night somewhere? Yeah, actually, we stopped in Iowa because because um, I have a piece of ground in Iowa. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, right outside of Albia. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so that I have I have a small farm there, and I have a tag this year for for my place. I had all a whole bunch of trail cams there, and um, and I said, well, why not? That's exactly sixteen hours. Okay. From from me, so and then another sixteen to Idaho. So we did it in we did it in two trips. We said okay. let's let's stop here, and uh, we checked all my my cameras, um, and uh, and then we we took off the next day. Nice. So, anything good on your uh, trail cameras this year in Iowa? 
Yeah, I got a. I I don't know if I sent you the pictures, uh, Dan, but I got a a really nice. Um, I don't even know what he would score. He's got a, a like a twelve inch drop tine that's forked at the oh, base. Wow. Um, and uh, probably a one fifties ten, and then you know a bunch of other smaller up and coming deer. You know, but um that 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 one big buck has really caught my eye. I'm hoping to see him. Yeah. Uh, that part of the that part of the state is the money spot. You know, you got your the southern part of Iowa is where all the big giant and eastern eastern part of the state is where all your big giant bucks come from, and uh, yep. and the southern part is where that all that big timber and all those ag fields kind of mix perfectly to get you the perfect habitat to grow those suckers and. Uh, the town that you mentioned is definitely uh, Big Buck Central. So, and that's about, that's yeah. west, that's west southwest where I hunt. That's did they, have you ever seen they have the uh, the Albia the Albia Buck is in that that steakhouse Bogey Steakhouse that's out there. And um, whenever I go out there, I always make sure I eat at that steakhouse and, and uh, just just get the table sits right underneath that deer and look up at it. <laughs> Well, with you living with you living in New York City, how yep. how far? I mean, do you hunt in New York or any of the surrounding states close to New York? Yeah, I do. Um, I um, I hunt I hunt in New York just about um, every year, but it just seems like every year I hunt a little bit less because of the fact that we don't have um, the quality. Well, we you know we do have some some good deer. It's just there's just way more hunters right. and. Um, and and you know out here if you're seeing something with eight points you better shoot it because that's about that's about as good as you're going to get most years you know. So how, so, how uh, far do you have to drive from your house where you live to get out to some place that you can hunt? Um, my father has some property about an hour and fifteen minutes from New York City. Okay. And um, so that's 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 normally where I'm hunting. And I also belong to a. Uh, a hunting club out here that's uh, about 1,300 acres, and it's, it's, it's about 12 guys on it, um, and that's about an hour and a half from the city. So, yes. I mean, it, there are some there's some urban hunts in Westchester County, which is really close to New York City, and that's where most of the good, the really really good deer are. But permission is so hard because you know, you know, a lot of a lot of people who have money and live in those areas aren't exactly welcoming hunters with open arms. So, right. Uh, it's hard to get on some of the, uh, on some of the better places, so that's why every year, um, you know, we leased land in, in Ohio last year because I didn't have an Iowa tag, so we could drive to Ohio, which was about seven and a half hours. Um, I hunted Illinois, and um, you know, and, and you know, just trying to just trying to get you know spend more quality time in the stand where you have an opportunity at, at at something that's at least mature. Right. Right. Man, that takes, uh, you got to be dedicated if you want to not only have land in Iowa, you know, lease property in other states, get, be willing to drive an hour and a half. You, it's not like one of those things where you can make a last minute decision and be like, all right, I'm going hunting. Yeah, it's true. That, 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 that doesn't happen. Everything has to right. be well thought out and, 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 uh, <laughs> and planned in advance with, um, uh, and, and, and as you know, it's hard, it's hard to get tags in Iowa as a non-resident. Yes. So it, it like it'll t- it took me. I bought, I bought this property um, over two years, 
two and a half years ago, and this is my first tax. This is my first opportunity to own the property. Um, because you, you don't get any preference, you know, for owning land. So right. you have to just put in with a regular draw. And, and this year, three points, which is what I had going into this draw, didn't even guarantee you a BOTEC for, right. Right. for where I am. So I felt lucky I even drew the day. <laughs> right. It was my, it was my, my buddy's fifth year. It took him five years to hunt Iowa in the zone wow. that, uh, that I live in. So, uh, it's, uh, definitely a blessing being a resident. I tell you that. Yeah. You guys, you guys got the, you guys got the success for sure. That's right. Well, I tell you what, let's get into this, uh, product review and, uh, we're going to review three different products. Two of them are in the same category and one is completely different, but, uh, um, we're going to be re- uh, reviewing the bow condo blind from uh, sportsman's condo. Um, we're going to be reviewing the outfitter HD hay bale blind by redneck blinds. And then we're going to be reviewing uh, a map that you got from Huntera maps. So um, I think what we'll do is because these two products are similar, we'll start off with some of these blinds, um, these, uh, these uh, blinds that, uh, y- that you were requesting to uh, uh, talk about. Now, let's start off with the bow condo blind. Let's talk about, is, is that how you do most of your hunting out of a blind um, over top of a food plot? Or talk to us a little bit about how you're using this bow blind. Sure. Well, um, no, I mean, I um, I like to normally hunt inside the inside the the woods uh, more than I do on on the field edges. But um, the way my property out out there is is laid out, um, there's not a whole lot of stands that I can put up inside the timber that would um, you know, that that are easy to access. So a lot of the stuff that I could hunt is, is kind of on the field, especially in the early season. So um, I decided, you know, let, let me get a, uh, uh, at least an enclosed blind and something that I was looking for, for my dad or for someone else who wanted to draw a tag, a gun tag or something. If they wanted to hunt the place, it would be more comfortable in the colder, colder season hunts and stuff like that. But for the most part, I usually like to hang, hunt at a lock on. But um, being that this was my place, I decided I could kind of, it would be a good idea to put something up permanent, you know? Right, and where is this on uh, your your lease or on your Iowa farm? Uh, these these are both on my um, on, on my Iowa place. I've okay. used them. Um, I've used the same um, products on um, on different places as well. Uh, as far as the shooting house is concerned, I've, I've used it before in um, on a hunt that I did in Illinois at a. Uh, a friend's place that they had it on and that they had they had that that not that same that exact same model but uh, same company blind the sportsman condo uh, on, on the property as well did you have this delivered to New York or did you have this delivered to your Iowa farm uh, yeah actually I had it sent out to um, the the farmer who farms uh, some of the ground that um, that I own. And uh, he helped me um, set it all up and, and, and put it out in the field and transported from his house, which was about 10 miles from my place. Okay. So you, you mentioned it, it came fully assembled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With the base, it came with a stand and 
uh, attached to it. All right. Now, you also mentioned that it came with, was it four, three or four uh, 10-foot posts that you needed to put on top of this platform or put um, in, it, in the slots? It comes with, it doesn't come with the posts. There's, there's, there are four slots for the posts. Okay. Um, and we just had to buy some like standard uh, four by four pressure treated 10 foot posts yep. and, um, and then just bolt them into the, to the, uh, to the stand, uh, to the, you know, to the base and then pretty much lay it on its side and, uh, string a rope from the top. And with the tractor, uh, he pulled it, pulled it upright so that it was, uh, you know, it was, it was standing up straight and then we bolted it to the ground. So this wouldn't be possible for someone to put up by themselves, right? Would, do you feel like, I guess if you had a, a big tractor with a, a front end loader on it, you could lift it up and set it down by yourself? Or yep. would you recommend maybe having two people to, uh, to, do, to, to, to do this? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say, I mean, you could do it with one person. Um, I just, I just don't think it would be safe to just because of the, the size of it. And, okay. you know, it, 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 the best thing is to have a second person, even with like, um, like just, just to guide you and, and to set it up. But, uh, without a tractor, I've heard some guys do it with pickup trucks before. Um, I don't, I don't really have experience with that. I don't know if that, that would, that would work, but it seemed to me that you needed like a tractor bucket to get it high enough so that you were kind of pulling level and not so far from, you know, so far below where you needed it to be. Right. So the bucket really helped out. Okay. So the next question I have for you is what is it made out of? What's the, the, the dark, is it plastic molded plastic? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a it's like a plastic shell. Um, it's, it's there, there aren't any seams <clears throat> that I can tell. <laughs> that I can tell that are are on it, but it's like a it's kind of a heavy duty, um, almost PVC like material. Okay, is it insulated? No, it's not. It's um, it's not. It's a. It's it's just uh, basically just a shell, and uh, it gets pretty hot in there because it's black. So if you gotcha. if you're sitting out in an open field, I mean, you really start cooking in there. Okay, so that that could be a benefit for a like a late season hunt, huh? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say that. That that's been my experience with it. I've I tried tried turkey hunting out of it this year with my dad, um, and you know once it got to like nine thirty ten o'clock in the morning, we were really 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 getting hot inside that blind. Okay. So, how do you? Do, I see that there is a a door on it, and that opens up. Is, do you have to build your own ladder to get to it, or does a ladder come with it once you put the put it on those ten foot poles? Um, you have to build your own ladder. So what it is is the um, the, the front two posts that are um, the, the mounting bracket is uh, um, is positioned so that the, the the two posts in the front of it are that when you put the two posts in there directly in front of the door, and you just take two by sixes. Um, that you cut to size and screw them in between those uh, front four by four posts that you put in, and you kind of use that as a ladder. Some guys, I, I, they also have an optional um, like uh, platform, uh, basically that you kind of like you can open up the door and stand on it and then climb out, almost like a little kind of porch off of it. Um, I didn't do that. I just used the ladder and just kind of like lean back, open the door, and then slide in. 
got you. Got you. Now, uh, so there is, it, it doesn't necessarily come fully assembled. It, I mean, it, it does come fully assembled, the, the plastic part with the windows, um, mm-hmm. but there is still some work you have to do to, you know, put the, bolt those, um, four by, are they four by fours? Yeah, they're four by fours. You have four to bolt them in. And then mm-hmm. you have to build the stairs. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now this, this plastic, um, all the hinges on all these windows and doors, are they quiet? Um, you know, I, that, that's the thing about it. Uh, they were really quiet when I first set it up and I kind of messed around with it. I, I just, you know, I had it up there. So I, I went in and was messing around, just checking out the windows, trying to draw my bow in there and, um, everything seemed really quiet, but well, once it sat out there for a few months, you know, all the little creaks and stuff started settling in. Um, and, and it's, it actually is a little bit noisier than I'd like it to be. Okay. Okay. So where does a majority of the noise come from the windows or, or the door opening and closing the door? Well, the door is, the door is pretty noisy. Um, if, but, but, but the, uh, the thing is I try to, you know, once you get in, you, you, you kind of keep that lock and there's a small window on that door. So I, 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 um, I keep that open so I can kind of see out that particular way with the way I have it, uh, positioned, but the doors, uh, the windows are fairly noisy. Um, and that kind of leads me to kind of leave them open most of the time, but just in case. And, and I kind of think that, that, you know, is counterproductive to the, to the scent control factor of having, you know, being enclosed in a blind and and all that stuff, or even being warm if it was during a really late season hunt, you know? Um, but that, that was, that was, and there was also more noise from the floor. Um, and you know, from just shuffling around on the floor because it is plastic. So your rubber boots scraping against it. And I installed a rubber mat on the floor and I cut down on the noise on that. Okay. So this is one of those things where you get a shell, but it sounds to me like you have to build to your liking and, you know, like yep. put carpet in the bottom, put, yep. you know, a piece of rubber in the bottom, um, yep. you know, so you've had it for two years now, right? Yeah. I've had it for two years out of, uh, on, on my place in Iowa. I haven't personally been able to deer hunt out of it. I've turkey hunted out of it for right. two seasons. Um, I, uh, I had my dad up there and I sat with him in it, uh, while he was gun hunting out of it. And, um, and so I, I have some cold weather, some warm weather experience with it. Okay. So how is it held up? I mean, you guys stopped at your farm. Did you go check out this, this blind while it was, uh, while you were there? Oh yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> I kind of use it as like my mini storage container while I'm out there. So I'll okay. leave like a bunch of. I leave a bunch of things out there. Um, I leave batteries in it. I leave, uh, you know, just things that I would need saws and stuff that I don't have to take back and forth from, from New York. So, I mean, it, it held up pretty good. Like as far as structurally, it's, it's, it's really, really good. But the thing that amazed me was there were frogs in the bottom of my, uh, there, there was of the shooting house frogs, even on 10 foot, 10 feet high. Yes. 10 foot high there was about i mean i can't even tell you how many were in there um i don't know how they got in i'm trying to like you know i i just like i can't i can't believe they were in there so so frogs somehow frogs got through the door or one of the windows or from the bottom somewhere 
some huh. somehow, That's and we were bizarre. going crazy looking for it. We we're like, how did they get in here? My dad and I was, you know, we were climbing all around it looking, and and then you know, I just couldn't because I have a lock on the door as well. I have a combo <laughs> lock so that you know no one could get in there. And I opened the thing, and it was you know, and all of a sudden something jumped over my shoulder, and I was like. I didn't know what it was. And I get inside, there's a bunch more hopping around, little frogs and all over the place. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. All right. So how big is this bow combo? I mean, can it fit comfortably two people in there? Sure. I mean, one person? Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely, I mean, you could sit comfortably three people in there okay. and and be and, and be totally fine. I don't know if you'd want to shoot your bow with three people in there, you know, um, you know, just, you know, with a gun, definitely with a bow, I'd say, um, two people would be more than you'd be, you'd have plenty of room. Got yeah. And do you happen to know what the dimensions of that actually are? Um, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I know they're about, I would, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was close to five foot round, okay. um, for the, the bottom of, you know, on the cord. Okay. On so the, like, I pulled up the, the diameters right here and it is. Yep. 84 inches tall and yep. 72 inches in diameter. So yeah. that's uh, 84 inches tall by 72. So that's, that's fairly big. Um, yeah, it is big. Right. So now my next question is you're hunting out of it. You know, you're over top of, I take it. This is set. This is setting over top of a food plot or a field of yep. some sort. Yep. It's over, over top of food plot right now. Okay. Now are the windows that are on here, good enough i mean positioned where you think they need to be positioned uh, um positioned to actually shoot a bow out of them comfortably yeah so that that's one thing that's kind of lacking is that um the reason why i went with that model uh rather than just the generic one and that one is much more expensive than just a regular condo version that they usually gun hunt out of is because i thought i was going to have um a better opportunity to shoot. They were supposed to be a little bit more vertical, the windows and, you know, but get a bow shot out of it. And I, where I have them positioned, it's almost like the deer hat. You has to come not, not too close to the blind and then not too far. It has to be like that sweet spot of about 20, 25 yards. And, um, if, if you don't get a chance to draw on it before that window, I mean, he may never come through another shooting lane because you only have like three major windows and they're right. so, they're so far apart. You don't really, I don't, I don't really think it's, it's ideal for a bow hunter personally. Okay. You know? So there's a lot of black, like, uh, in a, when you're driving a car, you know, uh, black blackout spots or what do they call yeah there's a lot of blind spots blind spots, a lot of right right yep okay now when you're sitting in there in a chair uh you have to do a lot of moving around to get to a position where okay here comes a deer are you, do you have to stand up from that chair or do you have to move the chair back and forth um is, is there a lot of movement that takes place before you actually are able to draw the bow back yeah, yeah. Actually, what it is is I put a um, uh, basically like an office chair in there on wheels, um, then one that can kind of like you can just spin around. So I, I position myself um, in the center of the blind, and uh, basically out of two windows, uh, if a deer is looking at me, my backdrop is the blind. Is the back is is a dead corner in the blind. Out of the one window, I can be skylined out of where they can kind of see through me and 
what's behind me is just a window. So I have to kind of give up one of the windows. Um, and I use that for the one where I can, it, which is faced out over a really big CRP field that goes yeah. down into the crop ground. And I can usually see them coming from a long ways before they see me. Um, but the thing is that, you know, I've, I've sat there turkey season this year and we had seven does at first light come up right to the blind. And I had my father and myself positioned and they're looking out of each window and we never saw them until they were about 40 yards away. And they're okay. just coming through, through, a, uh, they just came at a perfect angle through that like dead zone that you really can't see them, you know? And I don't know if it's also the lay of the land and the way it was being first light, but, um, there's just, to me, there's just way too many areas where an animal can sneak up on you and you not even know that they're, uh, they're there. Right. So, you know, I take it. So that, that leads us, let's go into the negative things about this. Is that one of the negative things about this blind? Yeah. Yeah. That would be the, the, the blind spots are on it, um, would definitely be one of the big negatives. And then the other, the other, um, the other thing is, um, early season. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to hunt out of it comfortably because you, it's like you're in the sauna. It's just, brutally hot in there if you're if it's i would say if it's anywhere over 75 70 degrees 75 somewhere around there you'd you'd really be uncomfortable in that blind so it's almost like hunting in a parked car exactly i guess yeah. so with the, with the windows open um you know obviously if you open the windows you would you would be maybe a little bit more comfortable but yep but then you're it, it kind of takes away the whole purpose for the scent control Yep, exactly. Okay. exactly. Yeah, the only way to really hunt that comfortably in the early season is to have, you know, two windows open to get some cross ventilation in there. But, you know, it's, then it's kind of like you said, it's defeating the purpose. Right. So what are the what are the positives of, of this blind? What are some things that you like about it? Um, what I do like about it um, as far as and the reason why I still have it there, because uh, is because of the gun aspect of it, which my dad is going to be doing a little bit more of than me. It's a little bit easier to get a gun tag out there for a non-resident. So, yep. um, I'll have my dad try and hunt every year, or every other year with a gun. And, um, and it's, it is a comfortable gun blind because if you, you know, being the deer will be further from you. If you're really, you don't have to worry about trying to draw your bow within 30 yards of an animal, but that for, as a gun blind, I think that it, it's perfect. Um, you know, for, for that, for that part of it, I just, I just feel like, uh, it's, it's just a little too noisy and there's just a little too many voids, uh, right. for my liking for bow yeah. hunting, yeah. for bow hunting. So let's give, let's give it, uh, the pass or fail right now. I mean, actually, let me pull it up once here. It says here online that the price for this is $1,700. So $1,700. Yep. yep. Would you ever buy another one of these blinds? No, I would never. I would. Okay. I, uh, I, I, I actually got it as a, um, as a present, an anniversary present for my wife. So, okay. uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I, I don't want to really tell her that I don't like it now. <laughs> so, right, right. Uh, <laughs> try and try, try and stay on the good side now that hunting season here. But I just, uh, uh, it, I don't, I, do, I definitely don't think it's worth it, the money. And I think that there's a lot of other options out there that, you know, you can go with for that for that kind of money. There's a lot of tree stands you can buy for that money. That's a fact. 
That is a fact. That's a lot of tree stands. All right. So um, now let's move on. So do you, do you recommend this blind to other hunters? I I would recommend it to a gun hunter. And actually, okay. I wouldn't re- recommend that particular model because there is a there, on that website. If you notice, there's a there's like an eight hundred dollar model that's there. I think it's like an SC one, and there's an SC two there. Um, and and they're much cheaper. So I would recommend those models. And I think as a gun hunting blind, um, they they'd be great. Um, just just not not for bow hunters. Right. Okay. Sounds good. Now we're going to move on to the redneck blinds hay bale blind and the specific one that you're we're going to talk about is the outfitter hd hay bale blind and i take it that's the bigger one uh, i believe actually actually the um the the outfitter i believe is the smaller one of the two okay um there's another there's another model there that i believe is a little bit bigger okay yeah okay so the outfitter hd i'm pulling it up online it's 700 bucks all right and uh, it says here that it's, uh, the hay bale blind is the perfect two- to three-person ground blind to use, whether you're a big game hunter, hunting turkey, hunting predator hunting, uh, or just scouting, blah, blah, blah. Yep. All right. So uh, now I know I've actually hunted out of one of these uh, redneck hay bale blinds before, and yep. I – and. When, and I, this is me telling you this, that I've never set one up. I've never, yep. uh, had to assemble it. I've just sat in it and I can say it's, it's pretty roomy and pretty comfortable. Yep. I've shot a couple turkeys out of them. Um, mm-hmm. and so let's talk about the, you know, did you have it assembled to, or sent in a, in a pack to your Iowa farm? Or was this something that you had sent to New York? I had, I had it sent to New York because it was um it was it came in 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 a decent sized box you know in, in uh from from UPS it wasn't it wasn't overly large it's not really that heavy I think it only weighed about I want to say seventy five to hundred pounds total okay. um so it wasn't really that it wasn't really that bad and um I, I drove it out there so what I did was I wasn't planning on hunting out of it last year because I didn't have my like my bow tag so I basically uh, last year when I was shed hunting, I went out there and, um, assembled the frame yep. and, uh, it's kind of like a shark cage kind of deal. It's yep. a lot of like aluminum tubes and, um, that's the, that makes up the frame of it. And okay. I just basically, um, ratchet strapped it to the, uh, shooting house rails so that it wouldn't blow away in the wind and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just left it out there and I kept all of the, uh, actual hay bale covering inside my sportsman condo so that way it wouldn't get weathered yeah. um but it got frogs in it so i don't know if that was really <laughs> <helpful>. <laughs> and uh and then i left it i left it there and then when i went out this spring to put my trail cameras out um in july june i uh i i, I um I, I put the cover on it and i put and i staked it into the ground where it's going to be permanently at okay so, so was it easy? How long did it take you to set up that the actual cage portion of it? Uh, I'd say the cage took me about forty five minutes to an hour to put okay. together, and it was pretty. It was fairly easy. The instructions were were easy to follow. Um, 
you know, they gave you all of the all the things you needed. The, steak. the only thing that they didn't really give you enough of was um, the steaks that come with it. I yeah. I just don't think that they're sufficient enough to hold that that blind down. And someone had told me that, so I didn't even try it when I put it down. I, I actually went to the store and I got bags of sand and I used yeah. that to weigh it down because okay. I don't think the steaks that they gave were were really really you know adequate. Okay. So, and you said you, after you assembled it, then you went away for a while, then you put the, all the coverings and stuff that go over top of the cage portion of it in your shooting house. And then you went out there in June and then finished assembling it. Yep. Yep. Okay. So how easy was it to put on the, what is it? Three different layers? Uh, basically it's, it's like, it's, it's one layer, but it's like okay. three different sections. So okay. it's, um, so like there's the sides of it, um, like the bottoms of the cylinder pretty much are two pieces. And then there's the, the top, the portion that drapes over the, uh, the, the body of it, which is the third one. And they're, they're just, I mean, it took about 10 minutes to put the coverings on. Okay. So not, not a lot of time to put yeah. the, the ends on and then the around the cylinder as well, right? Yeah, it was it was really easy, really easy setup. Okay. So um so then you went away, you, you positioned it, you had to go into town, you bought some sandbags basically and you weighed it down that yep. way because you felt that the uh that the windows were, or the, the stakes weren't doing a good enough job. Now when you came back uh, this, you know, you haven't, you really haven't even hunted out of this thing yet. Correct. This, 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 I've hunted out of, um, the same one, uh, previously, but I haven't, um, not, I mean, not this exact, my, mine on my place. I've hunted on, on, uh, on another piece of property, but when I went back there, I just, yeah, I had only been there for about two months. Okay. Two months. Mm -hmm. All right. So when, was there anything different about it? When you came back, it's been setting out for two months during the you know summer months. Did you notice anything different about the blind, or did it still look like it was in good shape? It still looked like it was in uh, in pretty good shape. I did notice that the uh, the coloration of the um, of the material uh, from being in the sun, I guess, in the weather a little bit. It you know that that hay belt that hay when it's first out there, it's kind of more yellow. Well, right. this has started to fade a little bit to gray on certain areas. You know, yep. and they do say it does that, you know, they do. And I've seen them that, you know, I think you have to replace that covering every couple seasons. Okay. All right. So, I mean, so it was fairly easy to put together. Is it, was it easy for you to move it from where you left it to where you actually wanted it? I mean, could one person do the job, do that job? Sure. You could, you could do it. What I, what I did is, um, another thing that I left in my storage shed slash sportsman condo was a, a sled um and i i basically just put it on top of the sled and i just dragged it wherever i wanted to put it um okay. as w- with one person but i mean if you had two people or you know you could do it one person's not a problem but two people grab the ends you could basically just maneuver it wherever you want gotcha gotcha so i guess for this this is kind of a, a shorter story it's i mean it's it's fairly easy to put together it's fa- fairly easy to move um assembling like the windows and the doors is it is it quiet is it uh is it easy to pull the windows up and down yeah basically the windows are on um vertical um basically uh bungee cords and right. um and, and basically you just pull down on the 
on the window, which is just the same. And on the outside, the material is basically hay bale, you know, material. And you just pull it down and pull it up. It's it's pretty quiet. It's uh, uh, the only the only really bad thing is it's not weatherproof, you know. So it's it's not water resistant. I mean, it's water resistant, I guess. But you know, you, you it, it water does get in there, you know, through through the through the windows and doors. Through the, through the whole cover, really. I mean, it's um, it, it's basically like a black mesh kind of, gotcha. um, and then what's on top of it is the is the hay bale material. So, right. um, you know, it, I, I I was told by somebody after I did it that they actually put like a tarp first, yep. and then put that on top, and that'll you know, which that that would have probably been a good idea to do to keep the water out. Um, yeah. you know, if you're sitting in there in the rain and all. But, well, it says here that it is that black stuff is supposed to be water resistant backing, and you're yeah. saying that it may it 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 was letting water in. Yeah, for sure it was letting water in because this this past time, or when I when I have a, a, a trail camera right next to that um, that blind, and I went to go pull the card out, and and it had just rained, you know, that morning when I was on my my way out to check it, and I left a, a seat in there. And there was a puddle like on on my feet, so okay. in the blind. So I'm yeah. sure it, I'm sure it does let water in, uh, because I could you could you could see daylight through the through that material. Ah, uh, I gotcha, I gotcha. So let's see here. So I guess what we'll what we'll do now is what what do you feel are the negatives about this blind? Um, that that waterproof aspect of it. Um, I was kind of hoping because like the way I looked at it was I can go and get like like a hundred dollar blind and it's going to be waterproof, you know? Um, so I kind of was, you know, I, I didn't realize it was not waterproof when I first bought it. And kind of one of the main reasons why I, I I got that was because I figured it would be a good rainy day sit if I was out there and I didn't want to get soaking wet in the stand. So that was, you know, I was a little disappointed to see that. I don't think it's going to basically pour into there. Um, you know, as if you're sitting outside, but the waterproof aspect of it, um, you know, kind of uh, it was just a little bit disappointing because of you know it is you know five six seven hundred dollar item depending on where you get it and what price point you get it at. But um, and to not be waterproof was was something right. I, I was expecting. Right. Uh, and I'll I'll tell you that you need to go buy a tarp and you need to yeah. go take that top that top layer off and put that tarp over and then put that top layer back on, on over top. Yep, that's what I think I'm going to do. Yeah. So now, so now what about the pot? What about the positives? About the, um, about this I, I mean, overall, I really like it. Uh, other than that waterproof aspect, the, um, the, the, the positives of it are, I checked my trail camera on it and the day that I put it on there, um, let's say, I think it was, I, I can't remember the exact date it was, but two days later I had deer and the, the camera was only about 20 yards away, 30 yards away from the hay bale, And I had deer, two days later walking by it, you know? So, um, what I really like about it is that they seem to adjust to it pretty quickly. Um, and it's, it seems like it's, you know, and, and, and I've hunted them in the past. And what I like, what I like about it is that where I was hunting in it previously in Illinois, um, we did see some deer movement at the end of the other end of the field. And we just picked up the blind at the end of the sit and moved it over there and it didn't affect the deer movement. So, you know, whereas if sometimes you pop up these blinds and it takes weeks for some of the deer to get used to it, it seemed like you could almost move this as you needed to, to, right. to the position that you want to hunt in. So I think that's a really, really good aspect is, you know, 
you can get right on top of them if you need to. Right. So uh, um, the deer obviously felt very comfortable with that. Yeah, it was like two days later. and I mean, I wasn't even getting pictures two days later on some of the trail cameras I, I set up underneath, you know, my stands. And it was, yeah. and, you know, so that, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Cool. All right. So, uh, would you recommend purchasing this blind again? I mean, would you, would you recommend it to, are you going to purchase this blind again? Would you recommend it to other hunters? Yeah, I would. I would recommend it. Um, I purchase, I would purchase it again. I probably, um, I'm probably down the line. I'm going to end up purchasing the, the shell again. I don't know how long that's going to weather and how long that'll last for, yeah. but, um, I could definitely see myself, uh, using it again and buying another one. Gotcha. All right. Cool. All right. Now the last product that we're going to talk about, which is completely different, but for you, it makes sense because you are an out of state landowner and you handle a lot, you know, you, you lease hunts and you go out of state to hunt where, you know, some, some mapping might be beneficial. Uh, and it looks like, you know, we're going to be talking about Huntera maps, I guess. What, why, I mean, Obviously, you were looking for some kind of map for your um, out-of-state hunts, for your out-of-state properties that you were hunting. Why did you decide to go with Huntera Maps and maybe talk a little bit about that process or maybe some other companies that you were looking at? Sure. Well, I did when – I, when I first purchased the property, I, um, I, I, did, I, I bought a, a map. It basically was just – basically a, I can't remember who I, who I did it from. It was kind of – just to, it wasn't a hunting specific company. It was uh, just just basically gave me like an aerial photo of my property, and it was laminated and and whatnot. But I just I wasn't really happy with that. I was like, wow, this is kind of just like I could have done this on computer myself if I had a big enough printer. You know, the, the resolution wasn't anything. It was just like a, a laminated color photo, and I was like, oh, you know, maybe something else will come along or whatever. And um, and I saw. I can't remember where exactly I saw the advertisement for Huntera, but I went on the website and I, and I saw that you can like, you know, uh, you can trace the borders to the property and, you know, the resolution seemed pretty good. And, um, and I said, you know, let me give it a shot and and try out uh, a map for my place, you know? And, um, and it was pretty, it was pretty good. I ended up going with the Magna map that they have there. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's like twenty by thirty, or I think it's twenty by thirty, um, and and I like that because I put it in my office. I can have the, I can have it hung up at, uh, uh, you know, and you can you can you can get you know comes with about ten magnets, and you can pinpoint your stands, or even if I was going to let somebody hunt, or if someone's going out there, I could kind of like you know I have my trail cameras marked on it and all that kind of stuff, and it's big enough that you could take a picture of it and just send it to somebody, and they could basically see where everything is, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, what kind of process did you have to go through when you have this property and, you know, what was the process like from the time that you contacted these guys and say, Hey, I want a map to the, you know, when you actually got your map in the mail? Well, actually I I tried to do it. I did it online and I I wasn't sure if I, uh, I went on their website. Right. And, um, and I, I basically put in my town, the town where my property is. I, and, um, I kind of just, you know, from landmarks, I followed, followed along to where my property was and I traced it all. And, um, it had some options on it that I wasn't really 
sure about like there was like the acre grid options where you know it'll break down little squares um into quarter acres so you can see your property uh i think it was grid marking is what it called so i um i called up uh i called them up just to make sure that i was doing it right and just to find out what their opinion was and um i ended up speaking to ben uh, he's the owner of the of the place and he kind of like walked me through it he told me what because i was i was trying to order the the bigger one, which I think was like 30 by 40. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you have a hundred acres. Cause my, my place is a hundred acres. Like your property will get lost in that. You know, yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that. So he directed me to the size cause I didn't know what size to get. Um, and then, you know, and then he also told me to get the package. They had like a package deal where you get the Magnum map and then you get three additional, um, smaller maps that are kind of like field maps that you can fold up and take with you and you yep. can write on them and they're water resistant and stuff like that. So, um, so he gave me some, some, um, pointers and some stuff like, like that. But, but, um, I just, cause I was, I was more unsure of, of, you know, the sizing of the map because, you know, not knowing, you know, how, how much land will fit on the paper and if it's going to look too big right. or too small. Right. Right. Okay. So, so, so you called, you called them up and they, they helped you right away. I mean, they, oh, yeah. they pointed you in the right direction, good customer service, all that stuff. Really, really, really good customer service. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know these guys before. Uh, I didn't know Ben or anything before, before I purchased it. And then like, you know, they're just really helpful, really helpful and, you know, directing you and okay. kind of like, kind of like a small business kind of feel, you know? Right. Perfect. So then, you know, after you talked with him and he kind of guided you down the right direction of where, um, where every, you know, what products were maybe right for you. Um, how long did it take until the time that you put in the order till the time that you got your maps in the mail? Um, I want to say like first you, 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 you submit the, the trace border portion of the map right. and then they take about a week to come back to you with um, like a like an actual proof that you right. can you can approve, and um, and then from the time of approval to shipping was probably about another week I'd say. So I guess all in all it was start to finish from the time I had the map at my door was about two weeks. Okay, okay. So that's not uh, that's not a very long time. Uh, no. So. Once you took a look online and you're like, okay, I want to buy a Hunt Terra map, and then you got in the mail, were were you happy with the product that you received? Was there any flaws that you that you saw? I mean, what was there, or was it exactly what you thought you were going to be getting? Yeah, I mean, it, it looked just like if I could do it over again, I'd probably. And it was that was on my end. I should. I, I was. I didn't really like the. I think that the acre grid marks, like the box, the, the grid marks of it kind of take away from some of the detail of the lay of the land kind of, uh, of the map is like the, the quarter acre squares that okay. divide your property up into quarter acres. So I would have taken that out. Um, cause I didn't, that, that didn't show up as, uh, drastically on the computer image as it is when it's in front of your face, you can, you can see those lines. Um, but I mean, nothing that would, you know, you know, be a deal breaker for, for a map wise. I, I just, that's a kind of a personal preference, but, um, and then I just had like, uh, I, I just basically took it and I, and it's, it's fairly heavy. So it's, you know, cause it's on a, on a metal backing and I, um, and I hung it 
uh, comes with pre-drilled holes and I, uh, I, I basically screwed it into my wall and made a few, few too many holes before I found the stud. But <laughs> <laughs> so when, when that comes off the wall, it's going to be a problem, but <laughs> nothing a little, a little dry, a little, little taping can do. Right. Right. So, I mean, how's the, how's the imagery? I mean, is it crystal clear? Is it, yeah. uh, I mean, did you get food plots put on your property as well or, you know, stand locations or was it just the terrain features uh, and the uh, topographic marks? Yeah, I didn't do the, um, like, I didn't, I, I just basically had the, the image, you know, and then yeah. I didn't, I didn't mark in any of the other stuff because I have a food plot right now where my shooting house is and I think I'm going to change it in the future. And I just didn't want that like permanently on the map in case I do change some things around. Um, so, so I just got the image, but I mean, if you hold it side by side, I I can't think of the company that I had for the other one. It was, it was, it was just basically a generic, you know, image and you put the two together and it's just like, I, I also had the contour lines laid over it. So, um, you can see the topographic map and the, um, and the satellite image. So if you look at it from far away, you can pretty much almost see the terrain, through the contour line, you know, it's kind of, it's hard to explain, but like you can see texture in it, even though it's just a two dimensional map, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then what about the, cause you got three other maps too, like the yep. field maps, uh, yep. describe the quality of those. Yeah. They're printed on, um, on the same type of paper. It's just like a 10 by 15. Um, uh, which is great for like, like, uh, for like field use or for like just quick reference. I mean, it's not the same, um, I, I feel like the, the 20 by 30. And I, I guess there's like a point of like, you know, where if you get it too, too highly developed and, you know, it almost gets blurry, you know, almost like when yeah. you zoom into something on Google earth, like, Oh, it's clear, clear, clear. And you keep going too far and you're like, Oh, this looks like fog. So you have to back yep. out. So I think that like for my size property, that 20 by 30 is like, perfect you know perfect revolu- resolution but i feel like the 10 by 15 is just a little bit too small so you can't really see all the details but it's like perfect for like you know you know whatever uh whatever you have to do in the field and mark stands and stuff like that you know right or like hey i shot a buck where do you think you went? yeah Let's take exactly okay yep he's right you. there go there yep okay cool so uh and, and are those are those waterproof are those um uh, like you can beat them up a little bit and yeah yeah definitely Definitely. The paper is like kind of like tear resistant paper, you know? Um, I mean, I, I had them like, I had them folded up under my printer and I didn't even realize that they were under there and they had a crease in them and I just laid them out and then put like a book on top of them and the crease came out. So they're pretty, pretty durable. I could see, I could see just throwing them in my pack and not having to worry about it. Okay, cool. So would you recommend, uh, I mean, do you, before I ask that, I, I guess I should ask, the question um is there any negatives to to the maps that you found that maybe something that you didn't like and then follow that up with what you did like about them well i didn't i don't think there's anything that like on the map that i didn't like other than i would have probably not did the quarter acre grid um uh portion of it um but other than other than that like um you know they are pretty much as advertised. Like if you see the image that you're going to be getting online, um, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to get on, on, on paper, you know, which was, yeah. which was actually pretty, pretty cool. So that I, uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend them, you know, turnaround time is pretty good. And, you know, I had, I had good experience with, uh, 
you know, in the customer service department, um, you know, speaking to, to Ben and, and, uh, and all of him, actually, we ended up, you know, uh, uh, talking over the phone about hunting and stuff like that. And he moved out, you know, just having a conversation, like, you know, just like a regular, regular guy, you know? So it was pretty, pretty cool. Yep. Ben, Ben lives like 10 miles from me. So yeah, yeah, we meet up. Yeah, so I was a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, it just, I ended up when I was driving cross country out there. I was I drove through, and uh, and because I'm an arborist, so I I'm I'm, I'm actually I live in New York City and I'm an arborist. So oh. go figure, go figure, <laughs> go, go figure that right. So uh, I, and I was and I ended up talking to Ben about it because he was like, you know, he asking me recommendations on pole saws and stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and when I was driving cross country, we, uh, we made a pit stop and, uh, said hello. We got to shake his hand and talk to him cool. for a couple of minutes. So that was pretty cool. 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 Well, I want to say, uh, thank you very much for, you know, coming on. Oh, wait, do you rec- would you recommend Huntera to other hunters who are looking for mapping of their properties? Yes, definitely. Definitely would. Okay. Cool, cool. Well, now I can get to this. Uh, I mean, I want to say thank you very much for taking time out of your uh, out of your day to uh, come on the show and talk about these products. And uh, I, you know, sounds like you were successful. You know, getting a, a cow in yep. Idaho, and I hope that uh, success transfers over to the deer season this year. Yeah, man, that'd be nice. <laughs> yep, especially in Iowa. Yeah, you you know you got some uh, big boys running around there on your farm in Iowa and Ohio is one of those states that can produce as well. So, good luck. Sure, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Same to you. All right, huge shout out to Leo for uh, taking time out of his day to come on the show and talk about those products with us. Huge shout out to all the listeners out there who are taking time to download this podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, Thank you very much. I really appreciate your uh, time and energy and and downloads. And uh, another huge shout out to a couple uh, companies. The first one is ExodusOutdoorGear.com and Exodus Trail Cameras. Uh, Give those guys a look. The next company is Deer Lab. Make sure you guys go out and check out DeerLab.com. I'm not going to go into too much detail. Check out a video that I recently did on uh, my Facebook page, a live feed that I did about Deer Lab. Uh, More information there, but uh, check out DeerLab.com. And then also go out and check go out and check out god that sounds dumb but anyway if you if you're like me and you want to save uh money on hunting gear and equipment go up go and check out the website huntinggeardeals.com and uh you might be able to save some money on some of your favorite hunting products other than that check me out on twitter on facebook on instagram um if you want to be a part of the show, I mean, deer are starting to drop all over the country. Mule deer, elk, uh, what else? Whitetails. So if you guys want to tell your story on uh, some of the animals that you're harvesting this year, hit me up. If you want to tell a story on uh, animals that you harvested you know, five years ago, but it's a cool story, hit me up. Uh, if you want to review some products, you know, some products that are working good or working crappy for you, hit me up. Or uh, if you just want to have a BS session, uh, throw me an email. And uh, if I like what you have to offer, I will uh, 
put you on the podcast and we can uh, BS away about products or a hunting story or whatnot. Uh, and like always, if you guys have um, a company that you want me to get on the podcast and talk with a representative of their company, uh, like, you know, like the normal podcast that we do here, the gear podcast that we do, you know, send me an email, ninefingerchronicles at gmail.com and let me know exactly what uh, companies you'd like to see on the show and I will do my best. Um, or, you know, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, I have a list here of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, or 15. It looks like it's 15 companies that I need to contact that uh, you guys want to hear more of. So as uh, as I get a hold of these guys, those will be our next podcast, you know, into December, January. And, uh, you know, good luck to everybody this season as it starts winding, starts to wind up into the rut or wherever it is. If you're elk hunting already, man, it's already here. So uh, be careful. Use your brain and wear your damn safety harness. Thanks for listening.